I'm here at the Shakespeare uh, Theater Association conference in Dallas, Texas, where everything is bigger, including the people and the personalities uh-huh. at, the, at this conference. Um, and I'm so privileged to be talking to Lisa Volpe, um, one of our leading Shakespeareans, um, who performs a show called Shakespeare and the Alchemy of Gender, which sounds very, very serious, Lisa. Am I right that it is serious, or is it more fun yeah, than it's that? a profound depth charge into what is the transformational power of empathy in a story that includes a lot about um, gender violence and suicide. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 690, Alchemy of Gender. Lisa Volpe is an actress, director, teacher, playwright, and producer, and the founder of the Los Angeles Women's Shakespeare Company. At the recent Shakespeare Theater Association conference in Dallas, Lisa was gracious enough to talk to me about her work with Shakespeare generally and her solo show, Shakespeare and the Alchemy of Gender, specifically. So it is really the story of my dad, who was a German Jew, whose whole family was killed by the Nazis, and he was a resistance fighter. And so his journey and his subsequent suicide when I was four um, informed me when I was building First Henry V with Company of Women back in the 80s, and I was playing Henry, and it's a war play, and Carol Gilligan, who was an educator at Harvard who studied the psychology of girls instead of boys representing all children, Mm -hmm. began to realize what companies of girls would need in order to not say, I don't know all the time. How could a girl be included in the conversation and equally respected? So in order to figure out what gender boxes were, we walked in the shoes of the men who were protecting their families or going for honor or revenging something. And in that way, I could understand my father's PTSD better. Yeah. And what was that was unbearable about civilian life after all the, you know, the washing of the blood? Yeah. And subsequently, I've played more of the male characters than I think any woman in history. And my ability to transform into the masculine is um, informed by a great deal of personal uh, sourcing. I mean, am I playing men because I'm afraid of sexual predators? Am I playing men because I want the power? Am I playing men because Hamlet has 1,500 lines and Gertrude and Ophelia combined have 350? <laughs> and all of those things are true, but there's also a mystical um, gender spectrum in which we all have those experiences. And I've never wanted to be uh, super feminine. I never wanted... I mean, there were times when I wore mini skirts and rocked New York City and tried to get those jobs. But I always felt like I was performing something for the male gaze. Mm. Is this what you want? Right. Uh, you want something taller, prettier, bustier? What do you need? Yeah. You know. But it was never about the mind and the soul and the afterlife and the behavior of humans and the foolishness, the seeking and the knowing and the quest. So... Once you put the quest into the question, it's just a lifelong journey. And as you know, Shakespeare is enough for a whole lifetime of study. But it wouldn't be enough just to say, I'm only playing the ingenues, and I'm useless after the age of 30. Because ingenue really means the genius is within you. And that's great in youth. But there's also a lot of wisdom 
and other archetypes like magician or uh, warrior. And we all, all the women in America, have to be warriors every day. There's a lot on the line in terms of freedom yeah. and uh, the planet and the health of our relationships so that we don't become codependent or dependent on yeah. another to take care of us. And it's hard for women to stand up for themselves because they're always being pushed back down or scolded because they're too masculine or too direct or too ambitious or too shrill. or You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of... Mm-hmm. As everyone knows, there's a lot of pressure on the female to conform. Yeah. So since, you know, I played Hamlet in 1994, this is a life-changing experience. I've played Hamlet twice, Iago four times, Richard III three times, and just a host of other characters that are going through stuff that have the language and the eloquence to describe not only what their sociopolitical thing is, but what on a soul level they hope to accomplish as a player on the planet. Well, there's a lot of talk now about. I mean, Harriet Walter is doing a lot of a lot of female-themed um, productions of, of Shakespeare, and Sarah Clark is playing Hamlet in Cincinnati. We're talking about, ooh, it's so bold, it's so bold. But it's it, it, women have been playing Shakespeare's male roles for a very long time, haven't they? Yes, and that goes back to Charlotte Cushman, and yeah. even in the time, uh, I'm sure Bernard. Queen Anne was doing scripts, yeah. you know, in King James's castle right. in the salons, right? But they weren't performing in such a binary-focused, patriarchal system as we live in now. Right. They were not living in this crazy gun-and-penis culture. Right. They were not living where the... As, as we sit here in Dallas, Texas, yeah. Right, or in yeah. a time where yeah. a, a rapist can be in the White House and not yeah. be impeached. Yeah. That it's all okay and nothing yeah. is impeachable and might yeah. makes right. Yeah. So I don't think when Elizabeth was Queen of England, that those were the stories she was paying for. Right. She wanted to see Viola become an agent Mm-hmm. in uh, transforming lives and lifting the veil from the grieving woman who was being sought after because she was a prize on a pedestal. Right. I'm speaking of Olivia. Yeah. Or deconstructing the defenses of Orsino because he only talks to men about intimate things. Yeah. Or in her private conversations with Orsino, she realizes he's very inexperienced in relationships with people. Right. He's kind of uh, not capable of coming and opening his heart to a woman in order to build relationship. Yeah. He just sends prizes like jewels to a woman who has more stuff than he has anyway. Yeah. So all of the plays are fascinating. I love language. I love um, my heartbeat. I love being in my heartbeat with other synchronous hearts in the room. Mm-hmm. And so the more that I'm central in a play, the more I can define the culture of the stagecraft. Yeah. If I'm playing Falstaff, I can define what comedy is. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the whore that he throws around or does uh, dismissive jokes to. I'm yeah. Falstaff, yeah. the funniest yeah. guy in the canon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Richard III, the most dangerous, self-contented fucker in the world. You know? And why shouldn't you be? Yeah. No, yeah. why shouldn't why, I be? Yeah. And what can I bring to the table? So it becomes, at this point, 40 years into the game, a search for excellence Mm. For nuance, for new uh, forms that include more people. Yeah. I just played Richard II with ten women and two trans people and directed it myself. Mm. So uh, in an adaptation of a play on. So we're incorporating new writers, oh, right. doing it in Prague for a, a very interesting culture, which is more patriarchal than ours in a certain way. Yeah. But um, there's just a lot of empowered people all over the planet working to protect the rights of people that are being trampled on. And so everybody's in a Shakespeare play, from the base to the divine. You've got goddesses, you've got monsters, you've got fools, you've got kings. And there's something to be said for playing through every level of the hierarchy and not being stuck 
mm-hmm. you know, like a like a Balinese stonemason. Yeah. His son has to be a so. They all have to do that forever. Right. But now we have you know kids in Bali who are like, mm, I'm going to drive a car for the American tourists and make a relationship and start an import export business and then leave here mm-hmm. as a capitalist or something. And those are breaking traditions, but also opening up possibilities. Right. What do you think about a play like The Taming of the Shrew? You've directed a few times. I've directed it a lot, maybe seven times, and I've got two more coming this summer. So I'm going to direct it at Great River with Cat as a black man, uh, with a wonderful actor, Will Sturdivant, as Cat. And um, Vanessa Morosco will be Petruchia, who's a tremendous actress and has the strength to take on this crazy journey. But really, if if the play is always celebrated because it's a, a mockery of female rage or a a lesson in how to take an uppity woman and break her Mm -hmm. like an animal. It's the same with men. Uh, What the heck are we going to do with male rage? you got young boys going into schools and shooting up people they don't even know in order to feel empowered. What if Cat is a man who can't handle his anger? Can we look at that as a society? Mm -hmm. What if Blanco is an unfaithful guy? Are we still celebrating that? How many notches on your belt? Or can we say that these three women are brokenhearted because you lied to all of them, and now your marriage is uh, cursed at the beginning because you're a liar, and you can't stand for a vow with heaven and a person that you're actually going to be loyal to. And so then what is that last speech for Kat? Mm. And so I changed a couple of the words, which I know is radical, but I'm not really interested in trying to say, oh, Austin, you are soft and small. I'm like, no, you're strong and handsome and vigorous, and you're about power and accomplishments. So what is Kat saying? And I think you can put your hand under your wife's foot and be grace-filled and give her the floor when she needs it. And so, you know, it becomes about how can a man create family and be an ameliorator or a compromiser or a peace-bringer or a harmonious being? It's not always expected of a man, but there's just going to be a lot of things that come up moment to moment. Right now we're going... If the women like Lucentia and Hortensia are in disguise to access Blanco, could they be female tutors or would a woman not be allowed next to a horny man? Right. Or should they be in disguise as men? Right. Uh, And then what happens to the songs we sing and the language that we say? So that's where I am right now. I'm like, I don't know if cambia or cambio is more powerful. Right. And, of course, there's things I can do, like Baptista Mm -hmm. is now sleeping with Blanco. Because as a son, I don't know, the whole thing of dowries and dowers and selling boys as sexual tools for empowered cougar women, I don't think that's realistic. I don't Mm -hmm. think that would happen. Right. I tried to figure out when in the history of our country there was a war when most of the men were away Mm -hmm. and the women were allowed to run the saloons and run the banks and run the farms and 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 there was a lack of men folk yeah and so if you saw an eligible man what would make you take him on if he was cranky yeah uh and so a good cowboy who rides well and is good on the farm could be useful a lover if you have none is totally useful yeah um so i had to set him up in my mind with a bunch of gambling debts that his mother could no longer to- tolerate because he had to have flaws, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and she had money and he didn't. So Petruchia could clear his debts, get him off of his mother's teat, and take him away. But then the real relationship work will have to be done by the actors, and we'll right. have long conversations about how that rocks. Right. And we'll have nine weeks to codify it at Great River Shakes, and then 
I distill it to a 90-minute project in Prague, which I then put up immediately in two and a half weeks. Right. So we've got the long delve, and once we know what it is, I can say to a 24-year-old college kid, I know what your track is, I can help you. Go. And I've got only the words you need, and this is a great song. There's going to be these really tricky moments, though, when you want to punch somebody, yeah. and you're going to have to punch the wall instead of the person. So, I mean, I think that's radical, because who looks at male behavior in that way? Hi, this is Joanne Pillsbury. I'm the Angela E. Pearson Curator of Ancient American Art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and we're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. We will perform the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised this Friday night in Arcata, California on March 6th and in Lynchburg, Virginia on May 16th. We'll perform Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel three times this month, once at Washington and Jefferson College in Pennsylvania on March 19th and then twice at our home away from home at the Center Stage in Reston, Virginia on March 21st. We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged twice in April at the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater on April 17th and the Fermi Lab in Batavia. Tavia, Illinois, just outside Chicago on April 18th. And then we'll kick off the summer with two weeks of performances of the complete history of comedy abridged at the Hartford Stage Company in Connecticut from June 11th to June 21st. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with actress, director, teacher, and playwright Lisa Volpe. So when you're you're working on a play like Shrewd, is it... Do you feel like you're using the play to talk about issues that are important to you, or do you feel like you're um, um, uh, 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 accessing something fundamental to sh- in Shakespeare's text, like well, as if something the playwright might have intended had he still been here 400 years later, or both? Well, or I don't know if a man wrote the place. So the first thing that happens is people go, do you know what he wanted? I'm like, well, I don't know what Mary Sidney wanted. Right. I don't know what Amelia Bassano-Lanier wanted. Right. I don't know what Marlowe wanted or right. Oxford wanted. But I think they were probably all in collaboration over elevating English culture. They wanted a renaissance similar to what was happening in France. Right. They wanted to infuse God's spirit into the everyday language or the, the ownership of literary arts in England. And so they paid for writers to learn how to write elevated texts, right? They were all at Wilton House, and Mary Sidney paid for them all, and the first five plays were done at her home and called that they were written by Anonymous, Uh and many people think they were collaborative work because Mary Wives of Windsor is not Richard II, and there's a kind of a different kind of level. Right. So was it intended? It was definitely intended for all male people to be on stage interpreting behavior that they thought was radical. So we know that the girls were beginning to resist dowries, and so we get things like Juliet, who is strong at 13, and it doesn't end well. But they're all about women, young women seeking agency, Mm -hmm. played in England at a time when, in France, women were in the 
leading parts in their touring companies. In Italy, yeah. women were performing, but not in England, right. which was particularly male-dominated patriarchal. So they had this male gaze right. uh, elevated to a point where it's almost ridiculous to think that that's how you're portraying Cleopatra. Yes. Like some crazy drag queen. Right. Bouncing off of the walls. It's just like, <laughs> Cleopatra? Yeah. The most powerful woman in the entire world was an idiot or yeah. a drag queen? I don't yeah. think so. No. I think she was a black woman who spoke like 15 languages or a Greek woman yeah. who had two brothers murdered. I mean, there's a lot going on in that woman's life. Yeah. It's not represented in the play. Do your, do your appreciations of the plays change over time with your opportunities to work on them so much? Yeah, I definitely can get thrilled about a semicolon or a new okay. understanding of a word uh-huh. or... It's little things. I remember 15 years ago driving to Vancouver from Los Angeles because Neil Freeman said that when you put a semicolon in, the word before it is an emotional trigger. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, wait. And I drove up there, and we studied it, and now it's one of my tools. Mm -hmm. But because Neil entered all of the Shakespeare variations into a computer, Mm -hmm. he could study the variorum in real time. He's the first guy to use a computer. Okay. Um, and so his knowledge of the instances of the words light and dark in Romeo and Juliet, you could source it with a computer for the right. first time. Well, that's 58 references. I think the place about light and dark. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I have studied the folio technique. I have traveled the world. I have worked a great deal with women and trans and people playing other genders. Mm-hmm. And I've also... I've seen a lot of traditional Shakespeare, as they say, but it's not right. Traditional is not men playing men and women playing women. That's not how it was done. No. So this is a new construct about the binary that came up really strongly and had a Christian influence, Mm -hmm. but it's not reflective of who people really are. People don't live on a binary. But for a long time as a kid, I thought they did because that's how it was presented. Right. Like if I watch TV, the most successful black woman was Diane Carroll as Julia, who was a nurse. And I'm like, she's very beautiful, and I love her, but she was a nurse. And now we watch, you know, Scandal, and we watch Murder, She Wrote. And there's just a lot of powerful... Whatever you see on stage is going to influence the culture. So if you watch something like Fleabag with a salty, smart creator, and that woman's in her early 30s, you're like, wow. A woman in her early 30s can be a writer, actress, producer, superstar. But we have to see it to know it. Right. So me playing Shylock at the Utah Shakespeare Festival, people had to see it to know it. Very apprehensive about having a woman take a space that was so well filled by all these men for all yeah. these years. But I, I did it really well. So now there's a new normal. Yeah. You know, is there a discomfort around doing new things? Yeah, when I go to Berlin and I see naked men covered in blood doing Heil Macbeth, I'm like, Heil Macbeth yeah. in Germany. That means, that's, that means something to yep. me because my family died there, yep. and that's a play about murder. Yeah. Um, so, or if someone tells me that Julius Caesar is actually pronounced Kaiser in Latin, I'm like, oh, the Kaiser. So certain things about understanding that plays an historical record of an abuse yeah. or a reflection on a discord, yeah. uh, it's chaos being brought into harmony through understanding and yeah. shared 
there's just a little bit of Verfundumsgefecht where you can go, it's a play. Mm -hmm. But not for me as an actor. If I'm playing Richard III or if I'm playing Leontes, it's going to mess with my spleen and my gall. Mm -hmm. It's going to spin me withershins. It's going to make me distract and a little distant from you in rehearsal. Yeah. You know, if I'm playing Shylock, I'm not going to be best friends with everybody right then because I'm conjuring a tremendous amount of political power through my little body yeah. and standing for this murderous Jew. You and the Antonio are not going out for drinks much after rehearsal. Well, maybe in some companies it would be that evolved that I knew that person well enough. Yeah. But really, uh, I have to stand for my culture in a, in a, in a Mormon environment and go, sure. I'm bringing the Jew. Sure. You know, yeah. and this is what I heard when I grew up. It was this Germanic lilt. Yeah. It was this repetition. Mm -hmm. You have to say everything three times, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so those things interest me because I've heard it. Like, yeah. I said, you know, oh, me, I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like three times every I'm time. I'm now hearing my bond, my bond, my bond. Yes. Yeah. So the repetitions, and then, yeah. of course, uh, on a skill level, you never get to say it the same way twice. Mm -hmm. So you get to mint and deepen and mine yeah. because we're practitioners that are really smart. Yeah. Like, what are the levels of the wordplay yeah. and why? And what are you cutting and why? Well, and getting back to words, I mean, I love your use of the word alchemy. Because it, it, it suggests something mystical, that, but, that, but it, back in the day, it was also considered science. You know? But there's something, there's something magical, unknowable, unquantifiable about everything that you're talking about. And it seems like that's the purpose of sort of what we're doing, what we're doing. We're trying to quantify. We're trying to make, all, make, make the mystical real, I think. Yeah, and I think the alchemists... Well, John Dee, I think, designed the Globe Theater, and Mary Sidney was his pupil, and they were uh, talking to angels and trying to design a sacred uh, geometry into the building, yeah. which if you play in the Globe, which I have, I was an international fellow, and I would just play in there every morning for a month, yeah. and then we did Cymbeline. But for myself, to triangulate between uh, that which is above, that which is below, that which is inside, and that who is the audience, yeah. We don't do that in sitcom. We do that no. in Shakespeare. And when you go to that which is above, which is referred to in almost every line of Shakespeare, it asks you to open a portal. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Lisa Volpe opens this Wednesday night as Cassius in Julius Caesar at Playmakers Repertory Company in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Go to playmakersrep.org for more information. Then send us your alchemical explorations via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Lily Livered Boy Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Johnny Zito. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Joanne Pillsbury, the curator of ancient American art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 692,070ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. You've played so many great roles. If you had to be stuck playing a female role, what's the best female role in Shakespeare? They're all great. Yeah. I don't mind playing a woman, but it's like an athlete. I know women who could play it better than me. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like all the roles. It's not really about gender, it's about depth. Like, smaller roles are fine. I'm about to do Cassius. It's 140 lines. I'm like, I don't know why I'm 
I don't know even why I have to think about it. It's just 140 lines. <laughs> but it's Cassius as a woman. So I'm thinking, and I inherit Africa, and I stab people, and I kill myself. Should I stab myself in a pencil skirt? <laughs> you know, as a general in the army? What do people think of that? Who is this woman? This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.